wrestling fans, are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back, so deal with it. I can take you to Suplex City tonight, bitch. Did you say the alphabet backwards? Well, I can look the ass backwards. You're not funny and nobody likes you. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This my friend! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. J-Rocks, oh, J-Rocks, oh. Jay Rocks, welcome back, folks, to WrestleRent Radio for September 15th, 2015, sitting alongside the one, the only, the one, RJ Marceau, at underscore, at RJ underscore Marceau on the Twitter. RJ, how's it going tonight? Doing good tonight, Graham. The New Day is the best part of Raw, therefore, we're going to kick off every single WrestleRent Radio going forward with the New Day, with the RJ Rocks chant going forward, but... We do got a pretty big episode on tap here for today. Night of Champions preview. Um, we're running down our entire preview picks, predictions for the pay-per-view, including a Raw review for last night. Pretty decent show. We'll be talking all about it. But joining us in this very special episode, our first guest since coming back to EC Radio here on Endicott Campus, we've got Seth Gut on the Twitter. Seth, how's it going today? Good. Glad to be here on the three-year anniversary of podcasting. And you brought that to my attention only a couple hours ago. That's pretty crazy, the way that just things work out that way. But our first time hosting a podcast together in quite a while, so hopefully it will be a good one. But like I said, we're talking about Raw from last night and Night of Champions. Um, but first and foremost, I do want to address the elephant in the room real quick, the report that was circulating today. ZZ has apparently been signed by WWE. RJ, I know you were very excited to hear, the, <laughs> to hear this news. What, what were your thoughts on this? So happy. You're so happy? Favorite guy from Tough Enough. He earned every <laughs> spot that he should get. You were shocked that he didn't win the whole thing? I was shocked he didn't win it. In all seriousness, no, I am I am just, <laughs> I am just mind blown. This guy, You saw Patrick, right? Yeah. He, was, he had everything. He was like the next Shelton Benjamin, and they just passed him over, and he didn't get another follow-up from the company. I don't get it. I just don't get it at all. But ZZ apparently is in WWE in, a, in the hell is frozen over. And yeah. um, I don't know. It's just a very weird situation going on right now. But, Seth, you didn't happen to catch Tough Enough over the summer, did you? Uh, I did. I watched most weeks. I, I, after a while, it, it did not become necessary to be watching them. But I, I caught, I'd say, 90% of it. I don't blame you at all. Um, I mean, the show—it's—we've we've talked about it here before on the on the, on WrestleRant Radio before about how tough enough just went to crap after like six episodes. They just stopped caring about it. I mean, it improved at some points, but just the eliminations and the way it was essentially became a popularity contest was basically what it was. Um, the contest even even before this season, it, tough enough couldn't really be taken seriously when you look at um, the guys who didn't win, like Miz and Ryback doing better than others that had won, so it, it never had a, never had a great reputation. And even now, even now you have the runners-up, the runners-up, uh, runner-ups, rather, uh, being signed by the company. We had Amanda, who has reportedly been signed to the company. She, uh, it's not been officially confirmed, but it looks like she will be a part of Total Divas the next season in a couple months. And, uh, of course, like I just said, ZZ is apparently signed with the company. So I have no idea what their plans are for either of these guys going forward. But um, still, I'm, I'm pretty shocked. That, uh, you know, still, he was easily the worst guy in the entire competition. He landed a contract with the company. But that's just the way the WWE works, though. So getting There's into... Two Swiss. Two Swiss? Yep. That is That is the theme of today's episode. RJ, you brought this to my attention earlier. Uh, can you please explain to the audience what two Swiss means? It's, it's two Swiss. you got to watch the Vince McMahon podcast. Yes. Cesaro is apparently not world champion because he is... Two Swiss. <laughs> that's why Neville's not getting pushed right now. That's what he needs to be. He needs to be more Swiss. He needs to be... More Swiss, but getting into Raw last night though, better, a more you know, an above average, not a great episode, but I, I should say a better than usual episode, especially after last week's show, which was not really good at all. It was it was okay, like we didn't poop on it as much as other other people did, um, but wow, I mean we had a whole crap storm coming out of Wrestle uh, coming out of Raw last night with the Davis title record being broken and RJ, I know you got into a lot of 
a lot of a lot of controversy on Twitter over the last 24 hours. Um, if you care to explain a little bit why that is, over the Divas title record being broken into the hands of Nikki Bella, we had Sting making his first ever in-ring appearance on Monday Night Raw, and I know RJ is he's doing the thumbs down right now. Not a Sting fan. I know you want to see him as WWE champion on Sunday, right? No chance. Yes, you do. No. Yes, you do. Never. No chance in hell. Exactly. <laughs> we'll see, but we'll give our predictions later for that uh, later on in the show. But kicking off the show, though, like I said, historic announcement from the authority that Sting would be making his in-ring debut on this show, including a Divas title match, tag team title match, a so-called stack show from WWE, but perhaps the best part about this entire segment, the New Day dancing with Triple H. It was classic. I think it's been made you know, a GIF online and whatnot in the last 12 hours, in the last 24 hours. But uh, RJ, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts in the opening segment to Raw last night? Kind of the same old, same old from the authority. Did they? Did you feel like they kind of switched it up a bit? What were your thoughts on it? I think they kind of switched it up for a little bit. Um, it wasn't like their usual 15-minute like lecture. The authority they kind of came out, promoted the show, kind of like got the crowd into it. Then, like I said, New Day came out. Triple H and Stephanie started dancing with the New Day. I thought it was really funny. So um, it was a good segment and uh, something new from the authority that we haven't seen in a while. So I think it was good. I think it was good to start the show off. And I think on the brighter side, too, they kind of kept it short and sweet. It wasn't a 20-minute monologue. And Seth Rollins, as far as he's come on the mic, he is... I, I feel like he's overexposed in segments like last week where they have him on the show or they have him open raw for like 20 minutes where people give him the boring chance and all this other stuff. Like, it gets ridiculous after a while. So hopefully that is... Uh, they solved that problem going forward. They realized that the opening promo should be condensed more and they shouldn't be going on for as long as they are. But, Seth, what were your thoughts on the opening of Raw last night? I actually didn't see the opening segment. I, I got to watch Raw a little bit late. Um, but the way you talk about it, I definitely have to check out this dance. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, it's, you never see Triple H in this kind of role ever, so it was pretty classic to see him dancing to the New Day's uh, entrance theme. But speaking of the New Day and the subsequent match for the WWE Tag Team titles, we had the New Day defending against the primetime players in a rematch from the Money the Bank pay-per-view several months ago. Um, a pretty good match. The New Day, in the end, successfully retaining their WWE Tag Team titles, going on a night of champions to face the Dudleys, who came out afterwards to tease their, uh, their matchup with the New Day this upcoming coming Sunday at the pay-per-view. So, Seth, at what point during the show did you start watching last night? I, I, I watched this match. Oh, okay, I, cool. I, I think I, I must have just missed the opening segment. Oh, okay, cool. Then what were your thoughts on the match then? Yeah, the match was good. I mean, I, I think that I, I never had any doubt that New Day was, was going to win. I think it's, we've always been looking forward to seeing New Day versus Dudley Boys. There was no way that the primetime players were, were going to get involved in New Day are just so hot right now. You can't couldn't take the belts off of them, you know, a week before the pay-per-view. Maybe they would have found a way to make it a triple threat match. But other than that, I thought it was pretty obvious what the outcome was going to be. Yeah, the ending outcome was never in doubt. And I do like the fact they didn't kind of make it another... Um, a screwy finish or anything like that, which we did see a lot of on this show. So, so thankfully, we didn't. It didn't start the uh, the trend. Didn't start with this match, and we just got a fatal four way tag team title match at SummerSlam. So I'm glad we're not getting another three way as soon as Sunday for the tag team titles. But should be a good match, though. RJ, what were your thoughts on the tag team title match last night? Well, that was a good match. Um, like I said, I think uh, I don't think anyone thought the Premier player was going to win, but it's another good match for the new day. Very entertaining as usual. And it's going to be good to see them versus the Dudley Boys on Sunday. I don't know if I would call it a dream match, but it's a pretty anticipated encounter. The yes. New Day are, like as Seth said earlier, easily, very, very hot right now, and easily, in my opinion, the best thing going in WWE right now. With Seth Rollins, with respect to Seth Rollins, I know you gotta, we got to throw that in there, but the New Day are great right now. It was a mistake. I mean, I love the primetime players. They got their run, which is cool, but the New Day have been the best thing going in WWE for months. I'm so glad um, they put the belts back on them and we have that match set for Sunday. Dudley Boys and the players, we'll get to that a little bit later on. So after that, we had the third match between Sasha Banks and Paige in the last week. Sasha Banks once again making Paige 
tap out. And I mean, typically I'm not a fan of them doing the same match over and over and over again. I know you weren't too fond of that last night. I mean, we've seen it a couple times in the last seven days. But in this one instance, though, I thought it was fine. They had a pretty good match. Better than last week. You know, this is awesome chance, which is good. Um, not because, you know, the match wasn't good, but because sometimes the fans get carried away with the this is awesome chance in like five minute matches where it's not necessary. Um, but I digress. The match was good, though, and I feel like in a step in the right direction, we're finally getting stories in the Divas division that aren't about this faction against this faction, you know, six Divas tag team match and all this other crap. Um, we're finally getting like personal feuds. Banks and Paige have a heated feud right now. You have Charlotte and Nikki, so hopefully we can get some more feuds out of that coming out of the pay-per-view on Sunday. But uh, Seth, what were your thoughts on the match between Paige and Sasha last night? Do you feel like what they're doing with the Divas Revolution, quote-unquote, and the Divas division on as a whole right now is better than what they were doing with the uh, Faction Wars only a couple weeks ago? I think it is good that they're moving away from the faction wars and they're you know giving more stories. But I don't know. I I don't love that we're seeing Paige versus Sasha. What was this like the third show in a row, something like that, or the same match? I know maybe different outcomes each time, but I thought they should have done something a little bit different here. Yeah, I feel you there. I feel like my only complaint about this, like I said earlier, is the fact that they just repeat the same matches. I mean, they do the, they do a rematch from Raw on SmackDown like every single week, and not many people watch SmackDown. But regardless, though, if you, even if you don't watch SmackDown, we saw the same exact match last week with Sasha Banks winning both times. So that said, their match on SmackDown went to like a double DQ or something like that. So it would have been nice if we got like... I don't know, you can't always bust out the Falls Count Anywhere matches or anything like that on Raw every single week, otherwise you'd become TNA. Um, but I feel like in this instance, it would have been a, a good use of the stipulation considering the fact that this feud has been going on for the last couple of weeks and their match on Thursday, I think, of last week on SmackDown ended in the way that it did. Um, but RJ, what were your thoughts on Sasha Banks and Paige? Uh, I think it was better than their last match on Raw. Um, it's very entertaining. Uh, Sasha won again with the bank statement, and I don't. It, it's good though, but it doesn't like it doesn't really do anything for Sasha. Like she keeps winning, but it's not like it like propels her. You know, it just keeps winning, and she's not in the title scene. So I guess you just have to keep beating Paige and Becky Lynch. I guess uh, it kind of sucks. Just obviously she's not in the contendership, so her wins really don't mean much right now. But it's good to see her win and not jobbing out on superstars the Rosa Mendes <laughs> exactly so it could be worse I it think is basically worse, yeah. what you're saying yeah but no you make a great point because they've had her undefeated in singles competition from what I can recall she has not been pinned or submitted in singles competition yet in the last two months since she got called up to main roster now with that being said she has beaten Paige on a number of occasions. She's beaten Charlotte. She beat Nikki Bella on an episode of Raw just like a few weeks ago, right before SummerSlam. And you make a great point that all these wins, they're giving her this cred credibility, which is great. They're not having her get beat. But where is this going? You know, I think on Sunday we'll get into the predictions in a little bit, but hopefully we can see a Paige and Charlotte feud not over the championship. You can have that feud going on while having Sasha Banks in the title picture, and Banks is the one to beat her for that belt um, either at the next pay-per-view at some point down the line. But yeah, Sasha Banks, I mean, I told you just yesterday when I came over to your place to watch Raw, it was my roommate's girlfriend when I was watching TakeOver over the weekend. She saw her, fell in love with her. Sasha Banks. No one else on that show. I mean, I was watching that one Bailey match from NXT TakeOver, which Seth was that also, by the way. Seth, did you enjoy that match? Which match was this? The uh, Bailey-Sasha match from TakeOver. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the best match of the night. Exactly. One of the best matches of the year, I would argue. It was on RJ, and it was a little on the fence there. What, what do you really mean? didn't do much for me. So. I know, I know. But oh, we'll get into that in a little bit. We'll break away into the uh, next TakeOver special. we got some huge news to talk about there. Um, but anyway, she fell in love with Sasha Banks. That's, that's, that goes to show that's a testament to how over she is right now and how likable she is as a character. And as a heel, she's perfect in her role. So they should be doing a lot more with her right now than what they're currently doing. So hopefully we get more with uh, the um, the boss after Night of Champions. So after that, we had Miz TV, in which they hyped up the biggest guests of all time, the greatest segment in the history of Monday Night Raw. 
And we had the Wyatt family. I mean, granted, it could have been worse. It could have been Big Show. That's basically my standards. It's basically, well, it's, at least it's not Big Show, so it could be worse. But anyway, we got the Wyatt family, and they're promoting the Night of Champions match on Sunday. Ambrose and Reigns against the Wyatt family. No reveal of the mystery partner here. They're waiting till Sunday. Good approach. Nice little um, build for the matchup and, and only five more days from now. But um, that was basically it. The Wyatt family talking about not really giving anything away as to why, like, who Braun Strowman is. Didn't really say much. Outcome Ambrose and Reigns, they talk about the match on Sunday, say they confirm they do have a partner. In a post-Raw video YouTube exclusive, they did say they found Savio Vega to be the third partner, as well as the great Kali. So if neither of those guys can make it, then it'll be whoever they ended up finding as their partner, I guess. But anyway, um, I think this match is going to be one of the better matches on the card on Sunday. We'll get into predictions in a little bit, but I thought this was a good segment to build suspense for who the third partner will end up being. So, RJ, your thoughts on Miz TV? Uh, I thought Miz TV was good. I thought it was going to be a lot better. Like They were hyping up. I thought they were going to show who the third guy was, but they held, they held the suspense, beat Miz up, which is good, <laughs> and then just had a good stare down, and then they talked. Like I said, they just hyped the match pretty much. It got me more intrigued. Yeah. And obviously, it gets you more intrigued to see who the third guy is, too. I think that was the whole purpose of the Yeah, like it segment. left me. I was like, damn, I exactly. really want to really see that third to know guy. Who it was, but so. that's like the mark in me speaking. Yeah. That's not like, oh, this company sucks because they didn't give it away. Yeah. You know what I mean? So but it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be one of the better matches on Sunday, so I'm ready for it. Yeah, I think it's going to be good, especially considering who is involved. You have two-thirds of the original Wyatt Family Shield match, which was one of the better matches, one of the best matches of 2014. You throw in Braun Strowman, you throw in the Great Khali or something, it's going to be a, <laughs> it's going to be a good match. And we'll talk about who the third partner might end up being in our predictions um, shortly. But, Seth, what were your thoughts on Miz TV last night? Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, I thought Roman Reigns actually spoke very well um, in the segment. And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that they're not uh, revealing who the mystery person is until Sunday because as we saw with like Randy Orton and Jimmy Uso um, the Y family just kept attacking whoever they thought were going to be the third person so it made sense for them not to know leading up to it exactly it was a nice plug for Sunday we don't really know who it is I mean if it's going to be, I mean, some people are like saying rock, and again, we'll talk about it a little bit later on when we get into our prediction, and when we get into our predictions for the show, but if it was going to be like a rock or like a huge name, then, then you give it away on Raw to boost interest in the pay-per-view, boost subscription numbers, whatever, um, but if it's going to be someone like an NXT call-up, or if it does end up being Orton, which I don't think it is, but if you bring back Eric Rowan, which again, don't think it will be, then you keep it a surprise. I think it's a nice little um, little plug for the pay-per-view. But I completely agree with your last point about uh, Roman Reigns' mic work and how it was. I think it was very good last night, and he's definitely much more comfortable when he is with Dean Ambrose, I've noticed, when he's on his own. and I mean, it's, he's gotten better since the start of the year, since the infamous Jack and the Beanstalk promo on one of the first few episodes of Raw this year, which was atrocious, but he's gotten a lot better on the mic, he's a lot more comfortable, and him and Ambrose have just such great chemistry together, and hopefully they don't break those guys up at any point in the near future. Uh, so after that, we had John Cena and Sheamus, and um, I, I enjoyed this match. I didn't think it was too, too bad. I mean, I wasn't overly excited for the thought of a Cena-Sheamus match, but not because we've seen it a million times. We haven't seen this match in several years, to, if my memory serves me correctly, but um, just their matches have never been great. They're pretty good, but they're never amazing. <clears throat> But this was the one exception, though. They had an entertaining match. John Cena wins clean. Sheamus loses another match, but he's Mr. Money in the Bank, so I'm not shocked. Um, but yeah, good match. John Cena wins. Not the last of him that we would see on this show. John Cena, that is. And that was it. So, Seth, so, uh, Seth what were your thoughts on this match between John Cena and the Mr. Money in the Bank, Sheamus? It was fine. I just wasn't really invested in it much. Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily hyping a particular match other than maybe Cena's. So it, it was fine. I, I Like I said, I just wasn't really interested in, in what was going on with it. Yeah, I feel like the in-ring aspect, while it was solid, I enjoyed the match. Just from an, uh, I don't know, from a 
storyline standpoint, I think they just basically threw it together to kill TV time. You know, the backstage segment that set up the match, they discussed the authority said, you know, Seth Rollins is having issues with John Cena, and he's having problems with Sheamus. So let's just put them together in a match, and that's basically what the build-up was. And, um, yeah, I enjoyed the match. Didn't really, you know, there was never, there wasn't anything at stake, so it wasn't too, too important, but um, at least it wasn't a crap fest. You know, more than I could say for Orton and Sheamus last week. So, RJ, your thoughts on uh, Cena-Sheamus last night, and Sheamus losing clean again. It was just another decent match. Um, nothing nothing over the top. Just a standard Cena match. Um, that was kind of bad for Sheamus. It was clean again, but I guess when you have that briefcase, you can you can afford to do that a few times. So yeah, you, you, could just, you could just kiss your winning streak goodbye if you're Mr. Money in the Bank. I Seriously. can't remember the last time. Braun's lost so many times. He lost, I mean, he was booked pretty strongly in the first like couple months of 2014, like the summer. And then after that, he lost a lot. He lost a Cena a ton. Like a handful of times, yeah. A lot of times. So hopefully, I mean, that's already the case with Sheamus, no pun intended. But, uh, you know, still, I mean, it all depends. I mean, if they have him lose on Sunday or if they have him win on Sunday, then these losses make it a bigger surprise, according to WWE, which is complete garbage. Because when is ever, like, someone lost a million times in a row and it ends up being a bigger surprise because they cashed in successfully? Never. It just makes them look like a loser because they lost so many times going into the pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just my classic argument, but I digress. So going from one match to another in regards to Night of Champions, um, we had Ryback come out, talk about the power of positivity. Out comes Sheamus, or rather uh, Kevin Owens. He interrupts. Do a little back and forth. Hype up a match for the Intercontinental Championship and Night of Champions. Pretty simple segment, but um, you know the back and forth I thought was pretty good. But what I really liked about this segment was just the idea of it. Like, how rare is it that I mean, how often do we get these promo exchanges from mid card guys? I mean, John Cena is the exception when we had you know the whole Cena Owens feud and Cena Rusev. We got promos every single week, but I'm talking about for the Intercontinental Championship. We never get like promo segments or anything like that. So that was great to see. That was refreshing. They had good chemistry on the microphone. Ryback has his own personality now, you know, more than I could say for him from like three years ago when he wasn't saying anything at all. Owens finally has more meaningful mic time on Raw for weeks. They just did not give him any promo time on Raw whatsoever. For whatever reason, I have no idea, um, especially after he um, lost to Johnson in the battleground and his took a tumble for a little while. But anyway, um, it was a good promo segment, set up the IC title match for Sunday, so was successful in that respect. Um, RJ, what were your thoughts on this segment? Set up Owens and Ryback at uh, Night Champions, all it did. So it succeeded in what good, it set out to do. Good segment, good talking, and just set up a match that needed to be set up. Two thumbs up. No ranting necessary. No ranting necessary. Perfect <laughs> segment. Whoever booked it, beautiful. That comes out for the uh, <clears throat> for the Divas title match in a little bit. Yeah. We'll get. We'll save we'll the ranting that for that. For <laughs> so, Seth, what were your thoughts on the segment between uh, Ryback and Kevin Owens? Yeah, I think RJ put it really well. I mean, we've been getting hints that we were going to see Owens versus Ryback. So this was just WWE's way of making it official basically without taking too much time in the show. It didn't take up too much time. You make a great point. It only went a couple minutes. It was like perfect placement in the show. It was already obvious they were facing off, and I'm glad they took this approach as opposed to, you know, just saying, I don't know what other match they did it for. I don't know if they ended up doing it for any of these matches on this show. Anyway, um, but they have done it in the past where they just randomly announce, like, oh, this week at the, oh, you know, like, you know, um, the the kickoff match, which is the kickoff match, so I'm not surprised, but they did it for the kickoff match in Night of Champions where they just announced the match later on the show without any promos or anything. It just They just announced it, so I'm glad they took this approach as opposed to doing that. So after that, we had a match that never came to be between Stardust and Neville, kind of a repeat of what we saw a couple weeks ago, but it saw Stardust, um, he aligned with the Ascension a couple weeks ago on SmackDown. They they weren't together on Raw last week, but they are again this week on Raw. It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, so Stardust comes out. Out comes Neville with some backup in the form of the Lucha Dragons. They had brawl for like 10 seconds, fend him out of the ring, fend him from the ring, and that was pretty much it. So, I mean... Can't complain. It wasn't a bad segment. I just feel like they should have given them more time because the Stardust and Neville feud is kind of not taking a turn for the worst, but they've just basically forgotten about it since SummerSlam because they figure, you know, Stephen Amell is not involved anymore. We could just stop caring now because it's not going to be a huge priority on the Night of Champions card. And we'll get to the Neville booking in a little bit. We'll t- we were talking about that earlier. 
Um, but yeah, I feel like they should have just given this more time. Otherwise, you know, I mean, it's a kickoff match, so it's not the biggest issue in the world. But it was what it was. So, Seth, what were your thoughts on the uh, match that never came to be between Stardust and Neville? Well, they've been going back and forth with Neville and Stardust. You know, this feud's been going on for quite a while. So we really didn't need another match between them. So it was nice that they're at least changing it up and incorporating other other guys into it and making it at least a little more interesting. And I think it's, it's a good um, match and feud to have for the kickoff. It, it definitely screams kickoff to me. Um, so it'll be nice. But I hope that they, they wrap up this feud pretty soon and do something else with Stardust and the especially Stardust more so than anyone else. I hope so. If only because, I mean, they've been doing this feud since uh, Stardust came back from when he took time off to grieve his father's death like two, three months ago, I want to say. So it's been a while. Um, so I think it's time for something new for both guys. And hopefully hopefully the six-man tag team match on Sunday is the be-all, end-all of this feud. But before we go on real quick, RJ, what are your thoughts on Neville right now? Because, I mean, we've talked about this year before on the show, earlier this year, long before he ever got called up. And you took exception to the fact, not you didn't like you hate Neville or anything like that, but you made a great point about how he might not get above a certain level. And I agreed with you. And I feel like, but when they brought him up, there was some like moments that he, like some moments of greatness where like he faces um, Rollins and has like an amazing showing, but like the very next week he's back to doing nothing. You know, so RJ, what, what are your thoughts on the booking of Neville right now? What do you think they have to do in order to get it right with his character? Ah, that's a tough one. I, I honestly don't. It's not like I don't know. It just like I said, like I thought, like he'd come up, kind of have a couple good matches, a couple of people, but then like eventually get lost in the shuffle because if Cena was the mid card champion, then it's not like he's gonna face Cena because he's a face. And then Daniel Bryan was at the time when he got called up, and then now it's Ryback who's a face, so it's not like he's gonna face Ryback either. So maybe, maybe if Rollins retains and they champions, maybe they have Neville. Against Rollins for the U.S. title, uh, for U.S. title. Okay. Uh, I think a title would obviously help him a lot, but because yeah. um, besides that, he's literally just doing meaningless, like, meaningless matches and a terrible feud with Stardust. So hopefully they end it soon. I think he has a lot more potential than just being another random guy. He's better than like an Adam Rose or Bodell. So it should be interesting to see what they do, and uh, hopefully they just don't keep using him as a spot monkey. Exactly. That's what we were talking about earlier, and that's what really resonated with me when we were discussing this earlier today. That it feels like, to me, like he is the 2015 version of Evan Bourne, or Justin Gabriel. More, more so Evan Bourne than Justin, because Justin never went anywhere as a singles guy. Evan Bourne, at least, never, although he never won any singles titles, he was like in the main event for a cup of coffee in matches with like Jericho and Edge. And, so yeah, you know, people knew who he was. It's like, oh, it's Evan Bourne, the guy, the guy who can do the cool flips. He has the awesome shooting star press. And that's essentially what, all that he was good for. I think he is much more, he's capable of much more, and he's shown that in Ring of Honor lately. But um, and Neville, I feel like, is even more talented than Evan Bourne. He can go a lot farther, and his mic skills have gotten better. He doesn't have the most amazing look in the world, but he doesn't need to. The whole superhero thing, I don't really have that big of an issue with that as many other people do. It makes He gives him a character. It's not like he's an indie-rific guy, you know what I mean? It, yeah. gives him, it makes him a sports entertainer, and that's what WWE loves. So be that as it may. I feel like he has a lot more potential to be something bigger in WWE. And I agree with you. I feel like a U.S. title run would help him a lot, like a mid-card title run, because he's not even in the mid-card right now. He's losing matches. He, he faces Stardust. He beats Stardust. He wins at SummerSlam. But other than that, though, he's not doing anything of note. And this is the same guy who took it to John Cena and almost beat him for the U.S. title only a few short months ago. So hopefully they can um, you know, start booking him properly, posting out of champions, and Stardust as Seth as well, as Seth said as well, considering the fact that he is also very talented. I've lost all hope for like a Cody Rhodes return in the near future, because I know that's not happening in like the next couple decades, but hopefully we get that down the line. So Seth, quick question for you though. How do you feel like they can improve upon the booking of Neville? What do you feel like they need to do to get him back on track? Well, I also think that he's someone who's just never going to get that far, and you're listening to you guys talk about him, it kind of reminds me of Kofi Kingston a bit as a singles wrestler where he they would kind of use him as a transitional champion with the U.S. title a few times and intercontinental title so I could see Neville working 
well, with that, and maybe like Kofi Kingston, finding more success as a tag team wrestler. I believe Neville was an NXT tag team champion also. Mm -hmm. No, that's a great point. It's just, you look at the roster right now, there might be a couple good possibilities with people that you can pair them with. I'm trying to think of, but you make you make a great comparison though with Kofi Kingston because he was a guy that held God knows how many singles titles. Like he had like a million reigns as Intercontinental <laughs> Champion, and I really like Kofi Kingston. I think he's doing the be- uh, you know, needless to say, the best work of his career right now, part of the New Day. But they just had him doing the same thing week after week, and he was with the company. He's been with the company since 2008, and I was watching the. Uh, the table for three thing and the WWE Network it aired out last night after Raw. Really good. Strongly recommend checking it out. He talks about how for years he didn't want to say that he was bored, but he was bored doing what he was doing because he was just coming in, having good matches, but he was he didn't change it all. Neville's basically doing the same thing. He has not changed at all in the four or five months that he's been in the main roster. Um, so hopefully, I mean, I feel like taking a step back to the tag team division and it, whether it be the tag team with the Lucha Dragons or someone else from the mid undercard like a, I don't know a Dolph Ziggler or something like that I feel like would do him wonders because he's not I mean he's doing something right now it's not something good it's pretty bad but at least something like that could help uh, you know rejuvenate his career so we go from there to the next part here on the show which I know RJ is dying to talk about the Divas Championship matchup with Charlotte contending for the gold against Nikki Bella, whereas if Nikki Bella won, she would officially break the record of AJ Lee as the longest reigning Divas Champion in WWE history. So, uh, I, I thought the match was good. It wasn't an amazing match. It wasn't Banks and Bailey, but I, I'm, I'm not going to compare everything to NXT. I thought it was a good match. The video package was well done. AJ Lee never got anything like that when she was champion, but I digress. Good match, though. They built it up well throughout the show. They got the 10 p.m. slot. Great to see. My only complaint, and we'll get into the fact of whether Nikki should have broken the record, because I know there's a lot of, I know RJ, firsthand you can comment on the controversy that's going on online right now on Twitter, but just from the aspect of, I don't care about that right now, I just wanted to talk about how the finish I thought was really weak, and I know they were going to set up a rematch from Night of Champions, every title has to be defended, I understand that, I saw that coming, everyone saw that coming. Just the only complaint I have about the finish is that we saw the same exact thing, the same exact finish with Brie Bella pretending to be Nikki Bella with the stuffing in her boobs and everything else at Money in the Bank three months ago. It's not like something they did three years ago and like, oh, it's like an ode to that moment a couple years ago when she first won the title or anything like that or even... I don't know, like at Survivor Series when, you know, Brie made out with AJ to win the belt. It wasn't anything like that. It was something we saw three months ago. And that that in, combine, in combination with Alicia Fox getting involved caused her to get DQ'd. So Charlotte wins the match via disqualification, just not the title, setting up a rematch for Sunday. So I thought the match was good. The finish was, I thought, really stupid, but I don't really have an issue with the outcome. Um, but before we go any further, though, Seth, what were your thoughts on this matchup between Charlotte and Nikki Bella? Um, your thoughts on the finish and Nikki Bella becoming the longest reigning Divas champion in WWE history? I mean, I think you pretty much said it. It was obvious that Nikki was going to hold on to the title and that they would face as Knight of Champions. They weren't going to change that. Um, but like you said, you know, the twin magic thing is just so old, and obviously now that the girls even look less alike than they did years ago during their initial run in WWE. Um, so, you know, they, they could have just had Nikki, I mean, uh, Brie or Alicia attack Charlotte, and she still would have won by disqualification um, and still could have done the same sort of setup. So the twin magic thing is kind of plain. But in general, they don't really seem to have much for Brie to do. Brie has really... Um, yeah, her character doesn't really exist anymore other than to help Nikki in these ways. So, you know, I blame the booking on, on for that. So, I feel like the twin magic thing, as you said, is like their go-to move for every match they can't figure out a finish to involving the Bella Twins. It's like creative with Hornswoggle. Like if they don't, if they can't come up with a... Uh, you know, an intelligent way to finish off a feud. They will, you know, insert Hornswoggle as an illegitimate son or as the raw general manager or anything like that. That's basically what the equivalent is to the twin magic finishes in WWE. But anyway, RJ, it's time. Your thoughts on the match, your thoughts on the finish, and most importantly, your thoughts on the 
controversy going on online right now, specifically on Twitter, about all this uproar in regards to Nikki Bella, whether she did or did not deserve to beat the record of AJ, becoming the longest reigning Divas champion of all time. Well, I honestly thought the match was fine. I thought the match was pretty good. And I know how you guys are saying, like, the Twitty Magic, not really original, but I think it actually kind of told a story. Like, everyone thought, like, Charlotte won and, like, got her, like, feel-good moment and they took it away from her. So it's kind of different. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it, I think it was better than, like, just Alicia Fox jumping in and DQing quick. Like, it kind of, like, people thought, like, oh, my God, like, did the ref not see it? And then, like, it kind of had, like, feel-good moment, like, oh, my God, Charlotte won. And then, like, oh, nope. Then, like, the controversy. It was better than, like, Alicia Fox jumping in and, like, beating the shit out of Charlotte and yeah. winning. So I thought that was good. Uh, well, I just do want to say this, though. I do absolutely agree that um, the way they did it, and I think Charlotte deserves a lot of credit for this, like the crying and stuff like that when she won the belt, and the crowd bought it, too. Um, I, I thought the Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That, that What I'm saying is that I love that. Like that the the bait and switch was good. Just the only fact was that when she pinned Brie to win the belt, like we knew that we just like I said, we just saw the same thing in Money in the Bank, so we knew that she didn't win the championship. That's the only that's my only complaint is that we just saw it. So it's not like oh did Charlotte win the belt? Like we were sitting there like we didn't get excited. We were just looking at each other like what just happened? Because we noticed she didn't win the belt. Like I'm waiting for Stephanie to come out. Yeah, but I just knew it was better than just like, like I said. Oh no no, like, I agree. Fox it, jumping in like DQ. It was, or, it was better than the old Kane interference when he yeah. just comes right in. Disqualification. Yeah. Are you joking? <laughs> it's 2015. Be more original. But anyway, uh, continue with your thoughts. Um, I think it's good. I think Nikki Bella deserves to win the championship. Hold as long as she does. That's going to set the world it, on it's fire. It's already set the world on fire, <laughs> so I'm just going to keep going. My, my thought. I don't know. I, just right think she, I think she's came a far, far from where she started. Her and Bree started off, I don't know when they started, a while ago. They've come far. Bree kind of like had a little her moment of being kind of in the glory spotlight last year when Nikki was hurt. But since Nikki came back hurt, she's proved in the ring. She's proved on the mic. She's had good matches with people. It's not like the Divas division has a ton of good wrestlers as to begin with. It's like pretty much Paige and I guess Naomi when she was champion. Cause, uh, like Charlotte, Becky, AJ. AJ, and Sasha weren't even called up yet. So pretty much it was the lowest of low besides Paige. And she's just, I don't know, I just think she's been a good champion. I'm not going to, like I think She's earned it. People are saying, like, oh, my God, she's earned it. Like, AJ Lee was way better and, like, all this other stuff. And, like, that Charlotte's better than Nikki Bella because she's more popular than Nikki Bella is. And all this bullshit <laughs> that I endured this whole day. Worst argument ever. How someone was trying to say that Nikki Bella was not as good as Charlotte because Charlotte is gets cheered more and is mo- more people like her. That makes no <laughs> sense. Just because people like her more doesn't make her better. Just because people like her more than Charlotte doesn't mean, like, oh my god, so annoying. Like, okay, a lot of people like Charlotte, but I still think Emma's better than Charlotte. I still think Sasha Banks is better than Charlotte. You make a great point. Emma, Emma is out. better than, better wrestler than Charlotte is. Emma comes out, no reaction, because she's never on TV. Yeah. Does that mean she sucks? Exactly. Is she it, awful? It was just, I just, Emma is a lot better wrestler than Charlotte. Is Charlotte got to where she is now. She did improve in NXT, but she would not have got called up as soon as she did or win the NXT Divas Championship if she was not Ric Flair's daughter. That is 100% true, and I can't stand the whole woo and the do it with Flair stick. Like, it's so bad. They got a turner. And when they showed Flair last night, he was, like, hammered off his ass, like, doing some <laughs> stupid promo. No surprise and They there. both did the woo and do it with Flair and the vomit in the, in the trash can. Charlotte is not as good as people think she is. She's decent, but there's a lot of people better on the WWE roster than she is. The thing is, is that... I couldn't care less whether she broke the record or not. She has come a long way. Very well established. I am no Bella Twins fan. Very well established. You know better that you know that better than anyone else, RJ. But my argument is this, is that the title is irrelevant anyway. Like when was the last time that, that championship really meant something. Even when AJ had it, it didn't mean anything. Because the Divas division has been in the shitter she for like Cameron during a pay-per-view match. And it was a <laughs> Terrible match. Yeah, exactly. It was awful. Oh my god. We the, the Divas division, the whole Divas revolution now is, is getting better. Like I said, we have more stories. We have great wrestlers on the roster now, or at least more than we did before. That title is trash. I don't care who has the longest record. I don't care who has the shortest record. It doesn't matter. My only, my only. I'll just say this. Hashtag. Bring back the women's title. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Because the Divas Championship is garbage. The butterfly belt is just stupid. It's just the whole term Divas is so outdated. You know, it's like comparing... It's like 
70s or something like that, you know? It just it just gives them a negative connotation that when you should just be calling them women. Bring back Emma. Bring back Emma? How about you bring back Emma as the women's champion? Seriously. Hashtag book it, baby. Book that Emma as women's champion. Hashtag emulation. Emolution? I think it's emolution. 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 Emolution greater than Divas Revolution. Yes. Book that. So from there, we go into our next talking point. Um, let's see. Oh, we had Cesaro and Rusev. Won't spend too much time on this. Fine match. Cesaro wins with interference from Dolph Ziggler, who steals the spotlight again. Summer Rae gets a gift from Ziggler at ringside. She looks at it. It's like a ring or something. It's a necklace. I hate to use foul language on the show, but who the fuck cares? This is garbage. It's, it's bad. garbage. It's, it's bad. awful. Any thoughts? I could care less. <laughs> like, I saw that super kick coming before Ziggler even came out. I'm glad like, I knew he was going to come out, and then right when they showed him, I'm like, oh, Shawn Michaels super kick. Yeah. No reason at all either. No. Literally, no. after Rusev loses, he just slides around and super kicks him. Yeah. Takes all the spotlight off Cesaro. Yeah. Leaves with his freaking music playing, and then <laughs> Cesaro just walks back to the. Yeah, not backstage. with the camera on him or no, anything. No, not at all. Yeah. Ridiculous. That's the thing, too. I, you really got me nervous that Cesaro was going to lose here, but he might as well have lost because the spotlight wasn't on him anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, but, Seth, what were your thoughts on Cesaro and Rusev? Yeah, I kind of feel bad for Cesaro because he keeps being placed in these, um, you know, holes that they just need to have someone wrestle him so that they can set up something with the other guy's feud. So I kind of feel bad for him, but, you know, I kind of like what they did with Ziggler giving Summer uh, a gift, you know, distracting Rusev in that way. So it doesn't really fit with what Ziggler has been arguing when Lana comes back. Who knows if they will address whether or not Ziggler gave Summer a gift. But I thought, for story-wise, it made sense. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I've had a feeling for a while. I mean, I really couldn't care less with the storyline, but it feels like they're going the direction of Ziggler turning heel, which I could see, which, I mean, that's the only real way that that maybe make me care about the storyline, if only just because it's something new and we haven't seen Ziggler as a heel in a while. He's still over as hell like a babyface, as a babyface, but just they've done nothing with him in a long time. Overrated. He's overrated, you think so? Cody 37 said overrated. Oh, okay. He said he was overrated. That was his argument. Yep. We'll discuss that after the show. So anyway, (laughs) anyway... Uh, yeah, it's, I just uh, if they do a double turn on Sunday, we'll talk about them in the predictions in a minute. But if they do a double turn, then I'll care. But other than that, just this view doesn't really seem to be going anywhere of note. Um, but to kind of wrap this up, Sting and Big Show in his first ever Raw match. His first Raw match ends in like three minutes via DQ. Sting wins, leading into a, another tag team match. Sting and John Cena beat the WWE World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins by making him tap out clean, and then the Big Show as well. Um, fine match. The match wasn't all that special. It was just basically the same thing as Cesaro as the uh, Ryback Owens promo succeeded in getting me excited for Sunday. Set up the possibility of Sting maybe winning the belt, showing that Rollins is a vulnerable champion, and giving Sting his first ever Raw match. So it succeeded in what it set out to do. No complaints, RJ. Bullshit, he tapped out in like two seconds. That's all I asked. <laughs> He's wearing a Rollins shirt right now. I should point that like, out. Like, if they're going to have him lose and tap out, let him like... Because then on Sunday, how believable is it if he puts him in that Scorpion death lock? He's in there for like 30 seconds or a minute. He literally turned him over and then tapped out right away. Well, my only... my only That's so Cena, it's ridiculous. I, yeah, it is. Cena is every Rollins single time. Rollins did that last time for Cena, though, too. Like, puts him in the SDF. He's like, tap him. Immediately, yeah. So...
sense that it became a, a tag team match, but I totally agree with RJ that that tap out was just so quick. That was very silly. I just don't know, understand, like, yeah, like I said, unless they have him say and explain why he tapped out so quickly, then why bother doing it? Just have him pin him. Just pin him with the Scorpion Death Drop. And, or, you know, have him take two finishers from CNN's have thing. Have Big Show get pinned. <laughs> That's the whole reason why he was in the match, to get Big Show like pinned. Like I said, it made yeah. no sense because he literally I'm, tapped I'm shocked that Big Show was not pinned. Big Show absolutely should have been the one pinned. It's Big Show. It's not like it's any other main... It's not like it's Kevin Owens or any other close guy that's being a main eventer right now. It's Big Show. He's not even in a match at the pay-per-view. Why didn't you have him get pinned? Oh my god, maybe it's somewhere in his contract where he can't get pinned. It's either easily going to say, like, like you didn't get seen, like, I tapped out because I want to get hurt or something Hopefully. Like that. Hopefully. Hopefully. There's a clause in Big Show's contract where he can't be pinned or submitted, apparently, and he has to knock out, like, Cesaro <laughs> once a month or something like that for no goddamn reason because there was no follow-up on this or show Miz. at all. Miz was in a different... They were all in different segments on this show. No mention of it. Cesaro <laughs> randomly gets knocked out. <laughs> Let's move along here. No more Big Show ranting for right now. We'll save that for next week. So we move forward now into our Night of Champions predictions. Kicking off with the kickoff show, Neville and the Lucha Dragons taking on Stardust and the Ascension. RJ? Stardust and the Ascension. You feel like, really? Yep. Really. I was going with Mega Powers over the Ascension to payback, and the Ascension won. So I wouldn't be shocked if the heels win, but it's a kickoff match. They don't care about it. I'll just give it to Neville, so hopefully that ends the feud. So one for one here. Seth, who do you got going over? I'll go Neville, but I do think Stardust and Ascension should win. I feel like the Lucha Dragons, both teams aren't really all that credible right now anyway, but the Ascension need to win more. The guys haven't won a match, like a, an important match in, like, what, three years or something like that? I, I like the trio, too. I think Stardust and the Ascension add something to both of the respective acts. It gives Stardust more to do right now. The Ascension are in fucking the wasteland. as they that, That's where they are. That's where their gimmick is, in the wasteland, because they haven't been used in, like, ten years. But hopefully this alliance will bring them back to life. Um, but, yeah, I got the baby faces going over here. After that, RJ's favorite match on the card, Dolph Ziggler and Rusev. Seth, who do you got going over in this match? I really don't care. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know. Um, I'll say Ziggler. I'll say the loser of this match is the fans. They'll just make that bold prediction right now. <laughs> but, I mean, I love Night of, I mean, I used to love Night of Champions, but what I really liked about it initially was that there were no non-title matches. And if it used to be that way, then we would not be getting this match right now. We, we only have two non-title matches on this show, thankfully. Um, but I just, I don't care, you know? I feel like I said the same thing at SummerSlam. I said the same thing on Raw a couple weeks ago. And both, match ended, both matches ended in, like, shitty finishes, double count out, double disqualification, fucking four-way count-out between everyone involved in this feud. Like, there's all these screwy finishes that no one cares about. And I say, I feel like if I say that Ziggler will win here, then they're going to have Rusa win via count-out. They're just not going to end the match at all. They're not going to ring the bell. It's going to be a no contest. Guarantee it. But, RJ? You say Ziggler wins with the interference from Summerang. Oh, God. Via disqualification? Via the, well, she, he'll pinfall. win because she, like... He'll win by pinfall, but like it'll be like a screw finish. That'll be the best thing to ever happen in this feed if that happens on Sunday. Best thing to ever happen in this feed if Ziggler wins. But it won't, because if you know if Summer Ray or yeah, Summer Ray gets involved with Ziggler, then it's gonna be like one is gonna back with, And the feed's gonna be dragging off the next yep. ten years. No surprise there. So moving right along to our next match on the card for the Intercontinental Championship. Right back defending the big guy against Kevin Owens. So, a pretty interesting match. I'm looking forward to this match. It'll be pretty good. I'm going for the big guy. Not saying he will win, but I'll give my prediction in a second. RJ, who do you Owens. got going over? Owens? Owens easily. Owens, I mean... Needs the win, and he needs a title. Owens. Here's the thing. Owens has been craving championship gold since he started in WWE. Went after the NXT title. Held that for several months. Immediately went after the U.S. title. Failed to win it, which he should have won it, but I digress. And now he goes after the Intercontinental Championship. Ryback has had a decent run. He's had it for three, four months now. He's had his run. If there's anyone to drop it to, it's not Big Show. God forbid. It's not The Miz. Love The Miz, but not The Miz. And um, I think it'd be Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is a perfect candidate. So I'm going to go with Kevin Owens here. Keep the feud alive. Make sure Kevin Owens, I mean, after all the momentum that he got through the feud with Cesaro, he um, picks up one here. New Intercontinental Champion. So, Seth, who do you got going over? Owens or the big guy Ryback? 
I'm going to say Owens, but like you said, the feud will probably keep going. So I think that Owens somehow either has his legs on the rope or somehow really shouldn't have one, but he's going to it. Yeah, Owens for Intercontinental Champion, uh, 3-0 there, undefeated in that prediction. So after that, for the WWE Tag Team titles, we got the New Day taking on the Dudley Boys. Um, probably one of the more unpredictable matches to me anyway. I feel like I don't really know who to go with here. Should be a good match, though. The New Day, best in the entire company right now. I'm so happy the New Day, or rather the Dudley Boys are back. So should be a really good match. If I had to pick between the two, I'd probably go with... The New Day. And I only say that just because they just won back the belts, but that has not stopped from WWE in the past, not stopped them from switching the belts. But I feel like the Dudley Boys, it's too soon for them to be regaining the gold. Would mark out if they won, but I feel like the New Day needs the win here uh, more than they do, and they'll continue the feud, give them the belts at Hell in the Cell, Survivor Series, something like that. But, yeah, I've got New Day going over here via Dirty Antics. Um, but who do you got going over, Seth? The New Day or the Dudley Boys? Yeah, I think the New Day have to win. They're so hot right now, and the Dudley Boys really don't need to win the title. It kind of reminds me of when the New Age Outlaws won the titles just a few years ago, but in that situation, they kind of needed someone to transition the tag titles over. Here, they really don't need that, so I'm going New Day. Yeah, New Day seems like the most logical uh, logical choice to go with here. With the New Age Outlaws, I feel like I didn't have a problem with them winning it the first time, if only because they thought it would lead to the Cody Rhodes and Goldust match at WrestleMania. Unfortunately, that's not what we ended up getting in the New Age Outlaws. I mean, the Dudley Boys, I feel like, are going to be a lot more than just transitional champs because they have signed on for a while. Um, but they will win the belts belt, belt uh, eventually, I should say. Botch there, but uh, just not in this show. Got the New Day going over. RJ? New Day, Dirty Antics, sets up Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell tables match. New Day versus the Dudley Boys with Spike back. Ooh! Stop it right now. RJ, get out of this room right now. You just say Spike, <laughs> three-way, or... Uh, three-way Hell in a Cell tables match. Stop it. Hell in a Cell. Stop it. How about this? TLC, Fatal 4-Way Tag Team title match. TLC match. The Dudley Boys. The New Day. The Usos, who should be back by that point in time. And the Hardys. <laughs> the Hardys. Coming back from TNA. I'm so, I'm so hyped for a Hardys return. I am ready. I am ready for them to come back. Screw TNA. They don't need TNA. Come right back. You know what? Fuck it. Let's bring back Edge and Christian. I don't care if Edge dies. We need one more match. We need one more match between those three teams. How about, what, 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 what does Christian say? One more match. Oh, one more God. match. One more match. TLC Edge's life is on the line. We're going to be at that show, too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that match. But anyway, New Day. New Day. I got New Day. Seth has got New Day as well. So after that, we have for the Divas Championship rematch from Raw, Nikki Bella defending against Charlotte. Arja? Nikki Bella. Nikki Bella. Page really? Gonna screw Charlotte. So instead of a few with them, then Banks versus Nikki Bella. So the little idea that we were talking yep. about before? Absolutely agree. Nikki she's Bella? Gonna be, she's going to be pissed because she started the Divas Revolution. She's not the one that's going to win. So Paige going to turn heel. Who, Page or Page going to turn heel on Charlotte. Say, this is my house now. Yes. My house now. Not, not an Irish <laughs> accent, but an English one. Yeah, whatever. I can't do an English accent. Whatever her accent is, I don't know. It's English, but I don't know how to pronounce it. But anyway, Nikki Bella, still yep. Divas Champion. Nikki Bella. Completely agree. Hopefully we get Banks and Bella at the next pay-per-view. Yep. So, Seth, who do you got going over? Nikki Bella or the boss? The boss is not in this match. It's Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> who do you got going over? Definitely Nikki Bella. I'm not a big Charlotte fan either, so I, I don't think she should be winning it now or anytime soon. Exactly. You know what? Just because both of you guys said that, I'm going to go with Charlotte. And no! she, she's she's going to win it with Flair. No! Oh my god, it's bad. She's going to win it with it's Flair. terrible. Her character is terrible. Yeah. Oh my she god. has to turn she here. Up. <laughs> yeah, art, there is puke on the floor in the I radio room right now. I hate when she says that. I'm going to do it with Flair. Like, shut up. Yeah, Be Nikki Bella all the way. I'm not even a Bella Twins fan. I feel like she has to win this match. Anyway, so we go from there to the six-man tag team match. We got the Wyatt family against Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and we don't know. We'll find out on Sunday. So, Seth, who do you see going over in this match, and who do you see them recruiting as the third partner for the former Shield members? I think Ambrose and Reigns team will win once again. Um, you know, I want to say Eric Rowan, but I'm reading that he's not ready yet, and I think probably someone from NXT, I saw RJ tweeted that, that he thinks, and maybe this is what he's going to say, I don't know, 
Mercedes changed his mind since then. He mentioned Samoa Joe, I think, in one of his tweets. That would make a lot of sense, but I think the best option would be someone from NXT. How about going through that NXT theme here? Samoa Joe would be awesome. Or Baron Corbin, as you pitched last week on the show. How about my boy Finn Balor? No. Finn Balor, baby. He's NXT champion, but I don't care. Have him pull double duty in NXT in the main roster. Finn Balor is the future. Nope. And he's going to beat the Wyatt family. Nope. He's going to pin Braun Strowman (laughs) clean. I I, I think it's a good idea. I think Finn Balor is a good idea in theory, but unless. He just won the belt, so I don't see him coming to the main roster this soon. Yes. No, yeah, I feel like it's way too soon to be doing it. And, you know, RJ made the point last week, and I kind of agree. I think it's the whole central point of this storyline is that whoever the third guy is should be able to take the fight to Braun Strowman. Finn Balor, amazing competitor, is the future of the WWE. Um, Sorry, Seth. But he's not big enough, and Braun Strowman would, like, kill him. So probably I'd go with Samoa Joe. Makes the most sense. Um, but I feel like they might put the belt on him too. So anyway, I would love to see Samoa Joe. Baron Corbin has been tossed around her. That was not true, but there's always the possibility. Even if Eric Rowan was ready, I feel like he should be with the group and not against them. We've talked about that before here on the show. Yeah, that makes more sense too. Um, unless, you know, some people have pitched maybe he joins, the, like he does the match and then he turns on him. Maybe, but it's like Shield last year when Rollins turned on. It's like they can't trust anybody. So Orton, they you know kind of made it sound like he's out. So I I would be shocked if it was him. And then I don't know why, but there was a lot of like people asking me if it was going to be The Rock. Like why would why would Rock come back for this match? I would be shocked if it was The Rock, unless yeah. unless he comes back and gets pinned by like Braun Strowman, which is not going to happen. He's not going to pinned. He would he would only come back if he was going to win. Unless they're doing a Bray and Rock feud, it's not happening. So I don't. It's not going to be rock. But if I had to choose, um, I would have said Orton, but it looks like he's out. So I'll go with Samoa Joe, I guess, just because I can't think of anyone else. And that's what's exciting about this, because there really isn't any other possibilities that come to mind. So RJ, uh, I'm going to say Samoa Joe. Uh, I want to see Samoa Joe more than Baron Corbin. I'm going to say Samoa Joe. <sighs> Who else? Cruz. No. I'm just I'm thinking about who it's gonna win more than Yeah, I didn't say I, I feel like the baby fit. I, uh, I wanted SummerSlam. Keep it going. I that, think I think it's gonna be the Wyatts. And your favorite your favorite finish at SummerSlam when Bray Wyatt got pinned clean in Bullshit. that tag team match. Start. Which made absolutely no sense. Luke Harper's in that match for a reason. I love Luke Harper, but come on. Yeah, I think it's gonna be the Wyatts. They're gonna set them up for Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Probably do another match there yeah. with whoever the third guy is. I already have like a, a, a huge idea in my head. It's what? Like melting. It's well, too let's big go, for go, us go, go. It's way too big for us around. Oh, what are you going to do on Twitter or an article or something? All right, here's my idea. This okay, is so go. fantasy booking, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so the Wyatts win tomorrow, uh, Sunday. Yep. They face the same three guys. So say it's like Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. And them and versus the Wyatts. Yeah. The Wyatts win with Eric Rowan interference. So it's four guys against three. Baron Corbin comes out and he's the fourth guy for them. And then you do Becky Lynch joins the Wyatt family. Becky Lynch joins the Wyatt family. And then Sasha Banks join Roman Reigns and them. And at Survivor Series, five person tag match Wyatts versus Reigns and them. I I feel like we need a sister Abigail, but it's not Becky Lynch. I can't boo her. She's gorgeous, dude. I love Becky Lynch. It doesn't mean it doesn't. You don't have to make her look ugly. <laughs> no, I know, but <laughs> she was a good heel in NXT. But she's—I feel like she's fine for right now. Like the idea, though. I like the Eric Rowan idea, but I feel like this should lead to a big yeah, Survivor Series. Yeah, it's gonna lead to a big match. match. It should be with maybe The Rock as the fifth guy. Oh my god! How about how about Hulk Hogan? Hulk Hogan <laughs> making his big comeback to the company. I can see that. Yeah, drops the lead drop. He's the third guy, just like in 1996. Oh, my God, it makes perfect sense now. And he joins the Wyatt family. He's been Sister Abigail all along. How about that? Hashtag book it? No. Yes, yes. I know you're a huge Hulk Hogan fan. You're a Hulkamaniac, right? No. <laughs> you would love to see it. So, anyway, I got heels going over here. You got heels? Yeah. So who do you got going over here, Seth? He said Reigns and... Uh... Baby faces. Okay, I mean, it really could go either way. But I'm more interested to see who the third guy is, and hopefully it's Samoa Joe. So we get to our final two matches here, Rollins and Cena, and then Rollins and Sting. We'll just combine them both. Uh, Seth, we'll start with you. Who do you feel like is going over in both matches? Is Rollins going home with both belts? None? One or the other? What are your thoughts? I think Rollins goes home as... Well, 
I think that he loses the U.S. title to Cena. I think the world title, he either keeps or Sheamus ends up with it at the end of the night. But I, either way, I don't think Sting ends up with it at the end of the night. It's tough because I don't feel like they're gonna have Seth is just U.S. champion doesn't make any sense, and they can't have him lose. They can't have him lose both belts if only just because. And you made a great point yesterday when I was talking about it. They can't have him do like two rematches in the next pay per view, or even on Raw. Like I don't want to see another Cena Rollins match. They have great matches, but the future end here, which means they'll probably do another match at Hell in a Cell. Um, but yeah, uh, if I had to, if I had to pick, it's probably going to be Cena winning the U.S. title to continue to do the U.S. Open. Because what, what do you do with Cena going from here? Like there's I don't know what where else you can go with him because he's already faced every other goddamn guy on the roster, everyone from. Freaking Seth Rollins to Fandango. So there's no one else for him to face right now. Um, I'd have Cena win and then have Rollins beat Sting. Because, you know, now, like you said yesterday, RJ, he's now 2-1 in WWE. He, he won two matches last night. So he won't be a loser if he loses on Sunday. Maybe we get the return of J&J Security or Kane or something. I don't know, to set up a screwy finish. Rollins retains. And I would keep the belt on him until WrestleMania, in all honesty. I see no reason why you shouldn't to do the old sexy shield triple threat, as you said in your next day wrestling article, which I'll plug at the end of the show. But RJ, who do you got going over? Rollins, keeping both belts. Wins clean Double both interference times. in both matches. Ooh. Big Show is going to interfere in the Cena match. Okay. And Kane's going to interfere in the Sting match. How will he beat And set the- them up for Cena and Sting versus triple... Uh, Big Show and Kane at Hell in a Cell. Stop. Keep Cena occupied Ugh. till Survivor Series. Was Cena in with Big Show and Kane, though? Big Show and Kane? You gotta do what you gotta do. Ugh. What, about, what's Cena, the Matadors? But what's Cena gonna do as U.S. Champion again? He's already fought everyone. Uh, exactly. He's no one else for him know. to fight. Call up Baron Corbin. Have him beat him for the belt. How about that? <laughs> no. Baron Corbin is the answer to everything. I just... All I care about is I hope he leaves with at least one title. He... He has, to win, he has to leave with at least one title. <laughs> I don't care which one it is. This is the way I look at it. He has He's already lost. How many times has Rollins lost in like the last month? A like couple the, times. He lost last night. He got pinned. And he got he got submitted. Out. And he lost twice on Raw. They're obviously telling the story. Ryback too. Yeah, and he lost yeah, so he lost to Ryback. So they're telling the story that he can't pull double duty. Is he gonna lose both belts? I feel like if anything, he'll lose the US belt. He can't lose both times. Even if Sheamus catches then, which they've been teasing a lot. It, the time is not now for a Sheamus Cashin. And we've talked about this before, but a Sheamus Cashin and he pinned Sheamus, so Sting doesn't get pinned, Rollins is still the champ, I think that's perfect. I think I feel like it'd be a twist of fate for Seth Rollins. What do you got? Rain's working right now. Here we go. See it. Okay, say that he loses. Okay, this makes more sense if he lost the United States Champions. So say he loses the first match. Okay. So Triple H is worried. He's very worried that he's going to lose both belts. Okay. So Sting's, you know, Sting's freaking... Got Seth all about to beat him. Hits about to hit the Scorpion Death Drop. Out comes Sheamus. Triple H is out at ring. Call Sheamus down. Sheamus bro kicks Sting. Rollins beats Sheamus. Pin Sheamus. Rollins, it's Rollins esque. So he comes in doing the match, but Rollins wins. So then it sets up Rollins versus Sheamus at Hell in a Cell. Because he's gonna say, "What? You didn't trust me, Triple H? You brought Sheamus out." So then he beats Sheamus, and then they do Rollins and Triple H at Survivor Series. So basically, what you pitched in your article. Yeah, but then you have like the little feed in the middle. A little of a twist, though. Little yeah. twist. Little twist. But what you can check out at Next Wrestling Dot Cheap plug there. Um, yeah, just pat yourself in the back, RJ. Good plan. Like to see it. Sheamus in the title picture loses his briefcase. Rollins still the champ. Forget about it just the wouldn't US make title. sense if he lost and then the next month he wins it back again. Yeah. I feel like it'd be cool if they had him win both belts or like keep both belts and do a Jay Lethal kind of thing. They absolutely ripped it off in Ring of Honor. Like no one's like hiding away from the fact. But at least it's unlike <laughs> let's go back to the TNA aid here. It's not like TNA where like they rip off like the crappy storylines. The thing what what Ring of Honor are doing right now, what they're doing right now with Jay Lethal, I think is genius. And for WWE to take any storyline, they might as well take the best of the best. And Rollins is the perfect guy to do it. Um, when you asked that question yesterday in the Q&A video. Because I feel like Rollins can pull double duty on like three pay-per-views in a row and one matter because the guy's a great performer. Um, but yeah, I'd keep both belts on him, but I feel like he'll lose the U.S. belt. And I'd go with what you said. 
Have him have Sheamus cash in. Beats him. You do Rollins and uh, Triple H to Survivor Series. Oh, that's a money match. Money. Then you have Taker and Lesnar. Money falling from the sky right now. Taker and Lesnar, and maybe you get like a Cena Sting in there somehow. Somehow. That's a big show. That's a good. That's like a. They need Survivor Series needs to be bigger than it is. So. It's been poop for the last like yeah. twelve years. So I think that like those three matches could like big, get big buy rates for. Those Survivor network series, numbers. And it could continue through, and then eventually maybe, since Rollins keeps beating them, then maybe goes Triple H, I got Roman Reigns now. Or turns one of the, one of the S.H.I.E.L.D. guys is Stop. now with the authority. Roman so Reigns that sets up nice. down the line Rollins, Reigns, and Ambrose. One of them turns, one of them is an alliance with the authority, and then one of them has to win the Royal Rumble. And hopefully it's not Roman Reigns again. <laughs> Ambrose wins Royal Rumble. Roman Reigns gets, gets a title shot via Triple H. Rollins is still champion. Taker and Sting. Taker and Sting. <laughs> Rock John, and Triple H. Rock and Triple Stop. I'm buying my tickets. Are the tickets already on sale for WrestleMania? Cena, Brian. Cena. Oh, stop it. Cena, Brian, too. For every title in the company. How about this? Then you get my old good old Dudley's, Hardy's, Edge, and Christian match. Yep, How about match that? Ever. One more match with everyone's life on the line. Sounds I like good. it. Yeah. I like it. Hashtag book it. You just... You just sold everybody, the 100,000 people in the AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. You just brought everyone into the building Good. with that one card. No better way to cap off the show than with that genius booking idea. Hashtag RJ's Book It. The booking, RJ Marceau. So that's going to do it for WrestleRant Radio here today. It's been a great show talking about Raw and Night of Champions on Sunday. Looking forward to the pay-per-view. But before we close it out, Seth, so great having you on the show, dude. Awesome to have you make your debut here on WrestleRant Radio. And as always, awesome talking to you, just talking wrestling and whatnot. But before we let you go, um, we want to let you plug your stuff, your Twitter, Facebook, anything else you got going on, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me again. And great timing, the three-year anniversary when I first began wrestling podcasting, but you can find me on Twitter at Seth Gutt, S-E-T-H-G-U-T-T. I am a teacher, so a lot of my tweets are related to uh, my job as a teacher, but every now and then I do still tweet about WWE. Sounds good, my man. Like I said, thanks for coming on the show, and I'll catch you down the road. Yep, thanks, man. No problem, dude. See ya. All right, so RJ, your cheap plugs, what do you got? At RJ underscore Marceau on the Twitter. Uh, don't know. Next Era Wrestling got two new articles up. Woo! Banging these things out. Second one's coming up. I haven't looked at it yet. I was pretty busy today, but going it's up coming. tomorrow. It's going up tomorrow. tomorrow. Graham said it. Looking so um, SummerSlam experience. SummerSlam Saw experience. Saw the title. Yeah, so. Uh, Saw that pop up my subject in my inbox. It was like two articles, 48 hours, not even 24 exactly. hours. It was like. Fire. Busting him out. This is what happens when you get a Twitter controversy. Get it in your blood. I had to just get it out of my chest. So, um, besides that, uh, hashtag where's the statue? Hashtag evolution. Uh, <laughs> hashtag Seth has both belts. Hashtag Triple H versus Rollins at Survivor Series. I got one hashtag for you. Where's Damian Sando? Superstars. Now he's not even on Superstars. I don't know where the hell he is. That's why I'm asking. NXT? No, uh, he's gone. I don't even he? know if he's alive. I don't know. I don't know. He might. He might have died. He might have died for all I know. So hopefully we can get Maybe on that. He's like on vacation or something. Hopefully he might be in the same place where the statue is. So we'll have to look for. Maybe with Curtis Axel too. He might be, Mister uh, Axel Mania. Oh, we can't talk about that here on the show. Yeah, it's that's, not appropriate. That's too appropriate. Not appropriate. But um, I did have to mention this though. Oh, what about the other hashtag? I don't know if you talked about. it. I don't know if you mentioned it. Where's Kane? Where's Kane? <laughs> Where's Kane at? <laughs> Sorry, the wasteland. What, what cane are we seeing on Sunday? Corporate cane or mask cane? Mask cane. Or, or um, I don't want to. I don't want to sing the theme because I'm not a great singer. But the theme from 03 that he used against Shane, the uh, My Chemical Romance theme, or something like that, where it was lyrical. No, the old one. The old one's way better. Like oh, the 1997 the, one. Like oh, that, that one. It's gotta be king. It's gotta be king. Like the one that's like the piano or like the yeah. organ going on. Yep, that's, that's a good theme. Yep. That's a good theme. So RJ, you got your plugs and you guys can catch me at the Wrestle Rant. No, that's yeah, no, just at Wrestle Rant on the Twitter. Box that for a second. On Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Graham.gstum.matthews. Give the page an old thumbs up. Visit the website at nextairwrestling.net and RJ. Join in with me here. You can listen to the show every we, Tuesday we night, night, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8, 8 o'clock Central. Central. Yep, 8 o'clock Central. 8, yep, 8 p.m. Central. And now time 
for the big finale at live365.com backslash stations backslash ECTV 73. Boom! So like I said, folks, we'll be back next Tuesday with an all-new episode of Restaurant Radio reviewing Night of Champions. Thanks again, folks, and we'll catch you down the road. It's happening. You just gave him an idea. Nah, no, they have to have a girl at some point.